are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Halfway through the work week, regardless if you're actually still working at your place of business, you're working from home, thanks for taking the time to download this podcast. A lot to get to like normal. BYU head coach Kalani Satake spoke to the media via teleconference yesterday. We'll get you some of his comments. We'll also talk about the announcement of the new recruiting coordinator in Jason IU. He'll be assisted by Jack Tamuni. We'll talk about that, as well as getting you an update on the latest in our GOAT BYU quarterback bracket here on Locked On Cougars. How did the Bosco Regional play out? We'll break that down for you, as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. So appreciate you guys taking the time to join us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Blinkist. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 25th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to join us here on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with Locked On Cougars. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. Thanks for joining us. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news that you need to know each and every day, as well as sharing insider information that you will not find anywhere else with your daily podcast with us here. It's available everywhere podcasts are to be found, so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this daily podcast. Let's start things off today talking about what Kalani Satake had to say yesterday. He talked to the media yesterday, had some great thoughts on how his team is dealing with the missing out on the oh, at least half of their spring ball to this point. They only got six practices by my account in uh, before the self-imposed, I guess what we'll call it, a, a hiatus was taken with the COVID-19 outbreak, the pandemic. It's become and Kalani Satake said his team is dealing with it as best they can him and his staff are also adjusting to life without spring football going on uh, BYU would have been having their annual spring game or spring scrimmage this coming Saturday is when it was scheduled for but that obviously will not be happening he talked to the media yesterday and he had some interesting thoughts I think first things first let's talk about what he thought uh, came out of spring ball what he took away from the limited time he had with his guys and what he learned about his team. Level of physicality. I thought, I thought our guys, you know, we put them in a position. We, we talked about staying healthy, but uh, I think you have to hit. It's a, it's a smash mouth type of game. And so uh, the first day that we had full pads and had a bunch of live reps, we had about 75 reps of live play. Uh, saw some really good technique things from our, from our guys tackling. Saw some great competitiveness from our players. Um, and, and just them being able to work together as well. It looked, it, guys weren't taking cheap shots. They're being really smart with the game. But at the same time, it was really physical. There's some guys that just getting, you know, showing that they, they, they've gotten strong in the, in, the, in the weight room. Guys that have been home from their missions over a year now are starting to really emerge and, and take ownership of, of being on the field, you know, and trying to find ways to get more reps. And so that's the one thing that I thought was really important. And, uh, we felt really comfortable with the guys that are coming in and, and, and providing us some beef up front, you know, on O-line and D-line. But I think uh, what it allowed us to do is kind of see and forecast a little bit of what we uh, can kind of see in our lineup, the guys that are kind of battling for the starting spots and playing time, and then allowing us to be give honest feedback to 
everyone involved and, and, and allowing them to the chance to make a decision, whether it's getting in the transfer portal or finding different ways to, to fit their needs and for them to be happy. There you go, Kalani Sitake. And it's interesting to hear him talk about, hey, the feedback we're giving to guys, letting them know, hey, this is where you stand with the program. And if you decide you need to go elsewhere, enter the NCAA transfer portal, will help facilitate that. And he's been very open about that in the past, saying that if a guy enters the NCAA transfer portal, he's going to do his best to help them find the right landing spot for themselves, even if it means they just return to the BYU football program. We've seen a number of guys, Herkley Law, too, and Peyton Wilgar, just to name two, I guess Kujay Tapasoa as well, who have all come back to the BYU football program after originally entering the transfer portal, but ultimately decided, you know what, I'd rather stick it out in Provo with the Cougars. Uh, Kalani also yesterday talked about, uh, he was asked the question, I guess I should say, about his concern if there might uh, be a condensed or just an outright canceled college football season this fall. This is what he had to say. I'm not really worried about that. I'm more focused on here and now and uh, the day-to-day, you know, focused on the present. I think, um, you know, that stuff, worrying about August and March does, does us no good. So uh, right now, we're, when things change so much hourly, it's hard for us to project and forecast that much, you know. So focusing on the here and now and staying in the present. And then if we uh, do our part as people, I think it'll all work itself out and, and I'll be fine. So Kalani's just focused on the here and now, and I think it's probably the right mentality to have as a coach. you got to make sure your guys are engaged, make sure that they're uh, operating under the assumption that they probably will get back on the field at some point this summer slash early fall, you hope. But you got to make sure you take care of the here and now. And it's important because this pandemic, it, it's no joke. That's the biggest thing about it. it. There's not some conspiracy. It's not a hoax. It's a legit big deal. And he wants to make sure his players understand the magnitude of it. But he also wants to make sure that he is focused on the here and now, making sure that their well-being is kept uh, first and foremost uh, on top of everything else. Because playing games, playing football, Ball, it's a privilege. It's not a right. And he wants to make sure that uh, life, our human lives, are prioritized over a silly game in all reality in the game of football. And I know that some people may quibble with that, but I think Kalani's got the right mentality on this right now. He also talked a little bit about uh, the recruiting coordinator uh, move that he made. We announced this on Twitter. A lot of people tweeted it out. I had uh, had it out there as well. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And he talked about the fact that Jason Ayu will head up recruiting efforts for BYU and will be assisted uh, by Jack DeMooney as well as John Swift as the off-the-field staffers kind of step into new roles with BYU recruiting. No, it's a permanent move. We, we, we were looking to... Um to get a, a lot more involvement in recruiting with him and Jack the Mooney and, um, and trying to utilize as many of the resources as we have in recruiting. And so that was kind of a, a, a an adjustment we we're going to make anyways. And, and I think it just kind of fits perfectly now allowing him to do this. And he wears a lot of hats, you know, a lot of the guys here in our support staff, they they do a lot of different things that, that uh, they take on a lot of jobs. And so him and Jack the Mooney and John Swift, those guys do an amazing job keeping recruiting, um, as, as one of our major um, parts of what we do here at BYU. But I think the uniqueness of it and, and how, um, you know, how, how we have to have everything under, under control as far as academics and the fit with the lifestyle and the ecclesiastical endorsement and all that stuff, that there's a lot of factors that go into recruiting. Uh, obviously here you can't just look at somebody and say, yeah, I like them, let's get them here. There, there's way more that goes into it and it takes more than just one person. It's going to be – the joint effort, even the support staff, graduate assistants and analysts as much as the compliance will allow us to do.
I think Jason IU is going to be well served in that new position as the recruiting coordinator for BYU. A guy like Jack DeMooney, who is just effervescent with personality, very active on social media. I think you'll see those two really revolutionize how BYU goes about recruiting. It's a move that I've been expecting to officially take place to have Jason IU take over as recruiting coordinator. And I'm glad to hear it's officially official that he will be heading up recruiting efforts for BYU football going forward. And like I said, I think this is a welcome move. You heard Kalani talk about, hey, we were trying to move in this direction even regardless of what else was going on and I think you've already seen BYU if you follow their recruiting Twitter feed at BYUFB recruiting on Twitter they've been much more active in the last month or so than they have been probably in the previous six months or even a year so they're doing a good job with that as well one final note uh, from the teleconference we'll of course have more comments from this teleconference in coming days on the podcast but one final note from yesterday's teleconference I wanted to get for you guys today is Kalani was asked about the incoming missionary crunch because a number of missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are being returned uh, home to their home countries. It means a lot of guys coming back to the, the United States. There are 47 members of the BYU football program currently serving missions and Kalani Satake was asked about have they reached out to the NCAA about potentially being able to negotiate a larger number of return missionaries coming back to the program this offseason going into fall camp, etc., than they would have otherwise. I think the NCAA is, has got something in, in plan and, and, and um, you know, in the back of their minds, giving, basically looking at the scholarships and if you're there awarding um, an, an extra year of eligibility, then they have to do something with the scholarship numbers and they have to be able to adjust somewhere along the way. So I think, uh, you know, having our compliance department be in touch with them and, and keep us up to date on what's happening there as well. Um, all, everything is basically going from the direct line of communication. So as soon as we find out more, then, then we can tell you more. But I think we're just hoping and planning for all that. But it seems to be working that way anyways. You know, the adjustments that the NCAA is making, the things that the uh, uh, you're looking at, 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 at everything that they've been able to produce, I think they're more mindful of trying to get things done uh, and more, more things fair and keeping in mind uh, the, the basically the, the needs of the student athlete. Then, as a follow-up, uh, with all the missionaries coming home, will that affect any of your players, or have any of your players already arrived home? And if so, what will that do to the scholarship situation, or will you ask them to still remain out for a year? What's your plan there? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's something that's probably more of a case-by-case deal, and. Uh, 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 we've asked the, the, you know, the players that are coming home from their missions. Currently, there's 47 guys on our on our team that are on missions right now, and ask them for some patience and understanding and knowing the situation. But I think uh, keeping that line of communication is important for us and to see how things are, are going for them. I mean, there, there's a, there's a, a system where um, they they're coming home and and um, you know adjusting with that 14 day period, and uh, many of them are getting reassigned. A different area. So uh, right now, still focused on the present. We're still de- dealing with day to day, and then um, trying to educate them as much as possible, and also trying to be upfront and honest with them. And the, the scholarship numbers are always an issue when you're dealing with missionaries and, and the timing of returning from missions. But uh, this is just another adjustment that we have to make. And like I said, we'll, we'll work through this as well. It's not it's not nothing that's too hard and too difficult for us to overcome.
There you go, Kalani Satake. So it sounds like him and Tom Holmo, as well as the BYU Compliance Department, are in communications with the NCAA to kind of negotiate this. I think the best uh, case scenario for BYU is that a number of these missionaries who maybe have a little more time, let's say maybe a year or so left on their mission, they may have been serving outside the country or in a quarantine hotspot here in the United States, that once they get home, uh, quarantine, self-isolate and quarantine for 14 days, that they get reassigned signed uh, for some time to go out back out into the mission field somewhere here locally or just in the United States, North America, etc., where they can uh, serve out their missions and that helps BYU balance the numbers a little bit. There's still going to be a crunch. There's still going to be a number of guys who are released early who are going to be looking for a scholarship from BYU. And I think Kalani's got the right mentality on this. He's preaching patience to these young men saying, hey, I got to understand our situation. We're in a unique circumstance here. And I think there'll be a number of athletes who will get that. And I I actually think that if a, an athlete were to get home, let's say he gets released and he's sent home, any time between now and July, you might be well served as an athlete to sit out the upcoming semester, the upcoming football season, train a lot on your own, work off to the side, etc., and don't enroll in school until January, thereby preserving your eligibility clock, but also making sure that you're eligible for a scholarship when January hits, and you can spend that extra time that you would have been spending in time in class, etc., getting your body in shape, getting those mission legs, getting kicking off that mission rust. I think that BYU will be able to negotiate this, but it is a positive to hear that Kalani is preaching patience to these young men while also saying, hey, we are talking to the NCAA to see what relief we might be able to get in terms of being able to absorb a bigger number of these guys coming back off missions if they have a larger number than they anticipated, etc., coming home uh, this offseason. So there you go. Some of the thoughts from Kalani Sitake during his media teleconference yesterday. We'll continue to break some of those comments down over the coming days and weeks. Obviously, there was a lot more, and there went for over 30 minutes. If you want to listen to the entirety of it, you can go to 1280thezone.com. Listen to it there. You also can follow the BYU Cougars uh, podcast feed that the Zone Sports Network has as well. It's also available it's in, in its entirety there as well. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to catch you up with everything else going on in BYU sports news. Uh, our Bosco Bracket, the the four quarterbacks who entered the quarterback goat debate with our bracket roll on. We'll get you those poll results for that bracket. Also set up uh, what looks like it should be a fun bracket in the Detmer regional. We'll get to that here in just a second. Obviously some more conversation about BYU football later on in the show. A reminder for you guys listening to this podcast is really simple and all you got to do is tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked on Cougars podcast and it'll be right there for you guys. A lot of you adopting, adapting I guess I should say to work from home life, you're not commuting as much, well, guess what? You can still integrate this podcast into your daily listening experience, and all you got to do is tell your smart device, your smartphone, or your smart speaker, play the latest episode of the Locked on Cougars podcast, and we'll be right there with you guys, keeping you up to date on everything going on in BYU sports news, and by extension, making you the smartest BYU fan in the room. The quarterback GOAT uh, bracket rolls on here on Locked On Cougars. We are breaking down, or we're trying to break down, we're finding out who the greatest BYU quarterback is in program history. A 16-player field has been narrowed. Uh, one half of the bracket is now down to the Elite Eight after yesterday's voting. Yesterday, uh, we talked about the McMahon Regional with Jim McMahon and Taysom Hill moving on. Uh, we had the voting go up yesterday for the so-called Robbie Bosco Regional, where we had number one seed Robbie Bosco, 
Costco facing off, facing off against number four seed Kevin Federick, with, as well as number two seed John Beck squaring off against number three Gifford Nielsen. In the one versus four race, it's not all that surprising. Uh, Robbie Bosco rolled the 1984 national champion quarterback, won 95% of the votes as he smoked Kevin Federick. Not all that surprising, but the surprising result from yesterday's voting is that John Beck beat Gifford Nielsen as thoroughly as he did. Uh, John Beck won 78% of the votes, and you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCougars and weigh in with your votes there. We're also doing some stuff on Facebook as well, so Make sure to have your votes tallied and we can get your guys' thoughts on this. But uh, John Beck, 78% of the vote beating the Mormon rifle himself, Gifford Nielsen, now a member of the Quorum of the Seventy for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think he goes by Elder S. Gifford Nielsen, if I'm not mistaken now. But uh, Gifford Nielsen, his accomplishments in a BYU uniform look muted compared to other greats in BYU history, but I think it's mainly due to the fact that he wasn't fully healthy during what was his senior year. He suffered a, a just tore up his knee essentially. He went on to have a pretty good NFL career, all things considered. Never was a star in the NFL, uh, but went on to a legendary broadcasting career in the greater Houston area down there in Texas after playing for the Houston Oilers. And I, I was surprised that John Beck won this as thoroughly as he did with 78% of the vote versus 22% for Gifford Nilsson. I understand that John Beck is an all-time great in a BYU uniform. There is no doubt about it. Over 11,000 yards passing. Uh, has the famous uh, Beck to Harleen pass to beat Utah at rice Eccles Stadium on the final play of the game that will live on in BYU history for however long the earth is here. It was just one of the greatest plays ever. He has that. He also was the 2006 Mountain West Conference player of the year went on to have a pretty good pro career in his own right now he's training quarterbacks both at the pro and collegiate levels he's worked with guys like Zach Wilson uh, with 3D QB down there in Southern California so I, I understand that John Beck is a legend but I was surprised that Gifford Nielsen didn't get more of a look from people because Nielsen did something I felt like that BYU fans forget early in the early days of Lavelle Edwards tenure you had guys like Gary Scheide who we'll talk about here in a minute he's going to be part of this voting process as well who put up good numbers under Lavelle Edwards and this newfangled offense they implemented in the early to mid-1970s, but national attention was slow to come to Provo until Gifford Nilsson started really rolling things. Then Mark Wilson took over, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Robbie Bosco. We know the, the assembly line of quarterbacks that BYU had there through the late uh, 70s, early to mid-80s, and it really began with Gifford Nielsen. The Mormon Rifle was a great nickname. I really enjoyed it. I know we're not supposed to use the term Mormon, I guess, anymore, but it was a great nickname, and I felt like Gifford Nielsen got overlooked a little bit because of the national attention he brought to BYU in the mid to late 70s. It was something that BYU needed to really become the powerhouse they became. It really got them on the track to winning the 1984 National Championship. Ty Detmer, who we'll talk about here in a minute, won the Heisman in 1990 as a result of all these other great BYU quarterbacks putting up these monster t- statistics in their own right. And I was surprised, but as alas, it stands that Robbie Bosco and John Beck will now move on to face off in the Elite Eight of our BYU Greatest Quarterback of All Time bracket. Now, today voting will go up for the Ty Detmer uh, side of things, the Ty Detmer Regional. And it's going to be an interesting debate here because you have the number one seed, Ty Detmer, the 1990 Heisman Trophy winner, upset number one Miami, etc. What, 15,000 plus passing yards. He faces off against 
what might is well okay Gary Scheide was the first great quarterback under Lavelle Edwards to put up monster statistics he is still a fixture in the community here locally calling BYU baseball games and the like Gary Scheide faces off against Ty Detmer in the one versus four matchup and then in our two versus three matchup we have another one of the legends from the late 70s against one of the more recent uh, stars in a BYU uniform we have number two seed Mark Wilson against number three seed Brandon Doman the Dominator himself voting will go up later today on social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter feel free to weigh in with your thoughts Uh, follow the show at Locked on Cougars on all three of those social media channels you also can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch make sure to get your guys' thoughts on the matter uh, squared off I had an interesting one come in from a Ute fan yesterday about this voting going on Mark Aurelius at Mark Aurelius 9 he says just stop this everyone knows that Jim McMahon wins this everyone Utes fans Cougar fans national pundits everyone I get that you are bored but this is just silly crown him the goat now hey Mark, I understand that your uh, your opinion is out there, but I I we gotta let people speak. We gotta let people have their opinion on what's going on here. Um, also, yesterday, Bart Weaver at Utes Win Three said Beck is not even close to GIF. Wow, so he thinks the GIF for Nilsson should have gotten a bigger look. So thanks to all of you guys who have weighed in with your thoughts on the voting so far. It's a blast to do this, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it as much as I am enjoying bringing it to you. So get ready for the voting today in the Ty Detmer region. we got one more regional tomorrow, and we'll get to that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a second. Before we do that, though, do want to talk to you about a new sponsor on the podcast today. That is our friends over at Blinkist. Weird name, I understand, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, but one thing I can tell you guys is these guys have it down and they do it the right way. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks, and that is being able to surmise big amounts of information in very short time frames. Does that make sense? I studied history in college, and I had to read book after book after book, and having an app like Blinkist probably would have helped me with my history degree, honestly, because what it is is Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or even your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the quote-unquote need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to, so that way you know exactly what you need to know from a book that is maybe a thousand pages long, and you can you can surmise it in 15 minutes, guys. It's just incredible. A lot of people, successful people like business leaders are well known for reading lots of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you and me who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, your lunch break, or even while you exercise, guys. You listen to this podcast, so you can do the same thing with Blinkist. It's an incredible experience. I have some great books here, books I've actually some of them I've read in their entirety and some that I, I hope to read and I might be using Blinkist to catch up on them just get to the kind of the main ideas out of it. Stuff like Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. He's a guy who's covered BYU wrote in some great stories about the Cougars. He's got his Tiger Woods biography up there. The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance by David Epstein. It's a great book. I've actually read that one myself. You can learn a lot. All of these and more. Other books like The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Sea Stories, My Life in Special Operations by William H. McRaven. 
all kinds of books, history, sports, uh, self-help, anything you guys need, Blinkist has got it for you guys. What you guys need to do here is with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash MBA. They're partners with us here on the College Channel of the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as the NBA channel, so that's why the NBA tag is in there. Go to Blinkist.com slash MBA to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your seven-day free trial. You'll also be able to save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, let's wrap things up on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Cougars with the other BYU sports news you need to know about. Aggie fan Dan the Man, hopefully I got that right. He's a Utah State fan who actually listens to this podcast religiously. And Dan, you know I love you because considering you listen to a BYU podcast every day, tip my cap to you. And he's been weighing in with his thoughts on the greatest of all time quarterback bracket we've been running here on the podcast this week. We also talked about yesterday, he put up a poll about the 1996 BYU football program and asked if BYU, had they gone 15-0 and and not lost to Washington, would they have actually been in the national championship conversation? Had they won that, they would BYU football would have won a three games over ranked opponents. Florida, who was named the national champions, had won loss but beat five ranked teams. BYU, had they been undefeated that year, go 15-0. They're the first team to win 15 games in college football history. I think they would have had a legit claim to the title. I know there are other programs who had one loss in that. You had teams like Arizona State who were in the mix, who finished higher, more, more highly ranked than BYU, who finished fifth in the national polls at the end of that season. But I'm telling you guys, my opinion is, and the 1996 team is one of the ones that's near and dear to my heart because they were one of the first teams I remember watching extensively and tracking that season just as it played out. And I feel like if they would have beaten Washington, you hear a lot of players talk about the fact that they kind of got a little bit over their skis in that game. They went into Washington up there in Seattle thinking, you know what, we're going to roll over these guys, and they got beat up by the Huskies. And it kind of wrecked what could have been maybe another se- a second national championship season and had BYU captured a second national title in the 1990s, think of how different BYU sports would be perceived. They still are one of the, the highly, more highly thought of college football programs because of 1984 and the like. But if you would have gone out and won a title in 1996 to go with your one, your one in 1984, man, how different would BYU be perceived? They might even be in the Power Five already. Who knows? But we'll never know because the last 14-1, and one, they rank number five. They win that Cotton Bowl over uh, Kansas State. A great season in its own right, but it's one of those things you'll look back on forever and say what could have been for BYU. One other note before we go here is a congratulations to both Yoli Childs and TJ Haas. They've both been named to the 2019-20 NABC Division One All-District 9 team. Childs earned first-team honors for the the third straight season while Hawes was named to the second team for the second straight year so congratulations to both of them if they led BYU to a 24-8 and overall ranking and a final rank a 24-8 and overall record and a final ranking of number 18 in the AP poll and number 16 in the USA Today coaches poll it's a big honor for both of them it's cool to see Yoli Childs a three-time all-district player and, and TJ Hawes two times in his own right so congratulations to both of them on those honors all right that'll do it for 
today's edition of the podcast a little bit longer than normal, but had a lot of information to get through for you guys. Make sure to check out Blinkist, Blinkist.com slash MBA, guys. It's an easy way to get a lot of the books that you maybe have on your bookshelf out of the way in a shortened and condensed time frame. It's a really easy way to catch up on all the news and information you need to know. Similar to what we do here on this podcast, we like to keep you guys up to date on everything in BYU sports news in a nice, neat, tidy package in under 30 minutes or less most of the time. Today's going to be a little bit over that, it looks like, but can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show, and hopefully you guys are all having a great Wednesday. Your work week is going well, and you're all staying safe. That's the biggest thing, is I hope you guys all are well. So feel free to weigh in. Let us know how we can help you guys. If you've got a business who maybe needs some advertising, needs a shout-out, etc., love to help you guys out in that regard. So reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can drop us a note via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the address there. Enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday. We will talk to you soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 25th, 2020, and we will talk to you tomorrow.